Good morning, everybody. We are starting a brand new series called Body Life. And uh, this podcast is uh, its going to be fun and it's going to be interesting. And it's going to uh, hopefully bring us together, not only as Christ followers, but as a body. Jeff, good morning. All right. Hi, I'm Jeff. And then you didn't even tell people who you are. So I, I got to do this. So this is the infamous Rob Spencer of fame unknown Rob yeah. Spencer or unknown fame or unknown <laughs> I don't know something right we're famous in our own minds so <laughs> hey man good to be doing this with you um, I've been looking forward to this series with you we've been setting this up for a minute and yep. uh, excited to get it started today yeah it's gonna be great um you know, it's so interesting when you start to take, uh, we'll get into it obviously through the sure. series, but when, when, when you start to take these things that we're going to be looking at and when you really start to look inside of just the kind of generic text of it, yeah. uh, some very cool truths come out and some very interesting challenges as individuals and as a group come out. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so too. And, and so let me use that as a, Here's how I got here. Here's how this came about. When we look at the Body Life series itself, uh, I said a little bit in the introduction that we put out last week, uh, but over the last two and a half years, and, and this was going on before this, this isn't caused by the pandemic, but the, the pandemic itself uh, gave us room to reflect on how we do things. I had a guy, uh, Brian Howard, he's the president or CEO, I'm not forget the title. He's at the top of the food chain for Acts 29, our network. And he gave us this image at the beginning of the pandemic. He said, "There's you can imagine yourself as a boat at the dock, a boat in the marina, or a boat out in the ocean. And so the church is going to go through these phases. When you're in the dock, you, there's things you can do at the dock that you can't do out in the open ocean, right? You wanna swap out a motor, better to do it at the dock, not out in the open ocean. And then, there's the marina. You can be in the harbor in the marina area, and there's things you can do and things you can't do. And he encouraged us to find the unique things that we could do in each season, right? And so while we're tied up at the dock, which felt like a lot of the last two and a half years, what can you uniquely do? And because of that, um, I was asked to do something by a friend of mine uh, to look into a passage for him. And it sent me down this road. It's the passage we're going to look at today, but it has these one another's in them. And we're calling this body life. Like, how do we live this in the local body, the local church? How do we live with one another? And it sent me down this road of really studying what you and I, as members of the same local church, are to do with one another. But what about the person who sits on the other side of the church or the person who sits in the back or the, you know, the person who is unlike us? Well, we're called to live that out with them too. And so it really leaned into seeing a weakness in the church over the last two, two and a half years um, that we don't really live that life together. We do what's convenient, but we really don't lean in. And so I'm hoping this series over the next, you know, it's close to a year if we do it, uh, if we do it well, uh, will really grow us together with one another in our local churches. Yeah, first of all, that's a great analogy about the boat and the yeah, dock. It's not mine. I got to give credit where credit is due. It wasn't mine. But that's I a very it. good yeah. analogy, um, especially when you apply it to the church. Um, I think that, and we'll get into this more later, uh, a little bit later on. But 
I think the number one reason why we, we, I think there's actually a, a couple reasons. I, I'll say the number one, but I think there's a couple reasons why we don't engage like we should um, in our in our local church. You know, I think there's all kinds of reasons for that. Most of it has to do with just personalities sure. and the way that we view ourselves and our own lives, which is not necessarily the most honest. Uh, perspective right if you're if, if we're being real right sure so um as as we get as we get into the lessons on on how now we can interact how can how are we supposed to interact with a guy across the room that we've right. never even met right but yet they are a part of this church they are christian people that that are a part of the body of christ that we belong to in this church right um, so how are we now supposed to interact with that you know so yeah um so the way we do it is by removing I'm not going to get too far into it just so we can get into the podcast, but the way we do is to buy by removing some inhibitions that we have sure. because those inhibitions are stemmed off of all kinds of things. And we can get into that later. Yeah. Well, it's safe to say that um, you say inhibition, inhibitions, uh, fears, things that get in the way. Uh, I'm going to say the other thing is sin, right? That say we have an inhibition, say we have a fear, say we have a like or a dislike. Well, the thing that stops us from overcoming those things is sin, right? That we, listen, it's okay. You and I have so much in common. We hang out. We go to the same church, yes, but we also hang out outside the church. We have fun activities we do together. We have likes and dislikes and things that we do that we enjoy. So it's easy, right? We live this stuff because it's easy together. But what about the person across the way, right? What if they're you know, uh, and it could divide on anything, could be older or younger, right? And that might change the dynamics, could be male or female, could be uh, rich or poor. I don't see that as much. I'm sure that's a fact that I probably may not see as often. It uh, could be ethnic, it could be anything, could be just cultural, could be likes or dislikes, but, or personalities, like you said. The thing that stops me from overcoming that distance, that gap right there is selfishness. And that's something you talk yep. about a lot, like learning to be, more selfless, not selfish. And selfishness in its root is sin. It's putting my priorities, likes and dislikes above and beyond yours or the other person's. So, so we often think selfishness is this, um, this prideful, mm -hmm. very intentional way of living. But when you're riddled with insecurities, understand mm -hmm. that's selfish. Yeah. We just don't know it. We don't identify it. We, we, it is selfish to stay weak when you are a child of God. Yeah. It is selfish to not let God transform you into a new creation, right? Yeah. That's all selfishness too. So selfishness isn't just what we might think it would be at face value. There's degrees of selfishness or there's, or there's depths of selfishness yeah. that people don't necessarily um, connect with their perspective i say inhibitions but i wanted to say insecurities but i didn't mm. want it to sound negative yet i wanted to get more into what we're talking about with the selfishness frosting on it yeah <laughs> yeah and then talk about that kind of thing not but me i dove into sin <laughs> you're exactly right <laughs> yeah. and on all of that is sin right, right? on a good note i'm, I'm gonna say I, I want to give you one good story that just happened this week in youth group. So I asked Joe, everybody knows Joe at the church, right? He does music sometimes. He's right. It's good. Everyone loves Joe. So Joe, I asked him to come and do music for me this Wednesday for the, for the youth group. And uh, he did it. 
and he was here early to set up and do everything. Um, and there is a kid, a new kid, first time. And you could tell that this kid was uncomfortable. You could tell that he, um, he was there by himself. He, he, but he was there to, you know, participate, come check it out, do all the things, sure. but you know, he needed that little icebreaker. So, uh, what I did was I, um, I watched this kid sit down in just in, a, in an empty room. It, this room had me, Joe, and this kid in it. And everyone else was out goofing around outside and stuff. But this kid was here just waiting. Mm-hmm. And I watched Joe. Uh, he had this draw to make this kid feel good. Mm-hmm. He had this draw within him. Like it, it was bigger than Joe. Uh, he had this draw to make this kid feel like he belonged. Right. That he was one of us, so to speak. So he he reached out to the kid and engaged with him on, on something like uh, I think it was a book or something like that. Like, you know, we're so Joe, who's now going to go on and lead worship and everybody else, their their back feeling of Joe is, oh, man, he was this great. He was perfect. This was so rad. This is the best worship night we had. That's the feeling. But I guarantee you this kid. Mm felt connected because of the way that Joe treated him yeah. when nobody was around and nobody was looking. And that's part of the unity of body life that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. You almost lost me for a minute, man, because I totally can see that in Joe. And, and if you know Joe and Chanel, I, that is totally Joe, right? But I almost lost the whole story because you said that this this Joe that you're talking about showed up early. <laughs> and I, I didn't, I couldn't, I, I was stopped. Okay, Joe Contreras, the Joe I know? Okay. So I actually told Joe, I'm, this is the most professional I've ever seen you act. And he was just like, oh, come on, Rob, come right. on, Rob. <laughs> well, let's dive in, man. So here is the specific uh, topic for today. And to give you a little heads up, uh, we're going to look at the one another's in Scripture. And the one another's are ways that we in the body, when Rob and I say body, we mean the local church. So if you attend or a member of, participate in a local church, doesn't have to be generations, this is true of you in your local church, right? If you're a part of generations, this is the this is what we believe that we are to live out, these one another's. And I'm going to use the term when we can. Uh, there are descriptive one another's, and then there are directive one another. Descriptive would mean... Uh, they said to one another, like the one another in that is just telling you who they, it's almost like a pronoun, right? It's just who, who's doing it. But the directive one another's read like commands. They, here is what you are to do with love one another, right? You know, forgive one another. They read like that. And so we're going to, we're going to look at Romans 15, five through seven. If you happen to be listening to this in the car or whatever, we're going to post this in our show notes. Uh, But Romans 15, Paul writes to the church in Rome, and he says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So our two one another's, and then there's a hidden together in the middle, our two one another's today, are to live in harmony with one another and to welcome one another. Yeah, what I like about this passage, first of all, is that it is it is like, hey, look, step one, right? right. It, with these one another's, which is really good. But what's very interesting, and I'm gonna let you kind of get into this a little bit more, uh, just from your, I just think you'll have a way better definition of it than I would come up with now. But uh, the word harmony is mentioned. okay, And there could have been a lot of words used there. 
that would that would, unity would be one. Sure. But unity and harmony actually are not the same thing. They're different. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I love the word harmony in that point. And then uh, lastly, I think that just as we as we read through this text, we can find something that everybody could do. Okay. We'll start with harmony. So um, when we are in church for our corporate gathering, corporate is an, actually corporate from the Latin word corpus, body, right? For our body gathering to keep it consistent with our body life series here. When we gather together, we sing collectively. We sing as a family. We sing together, right? And uh, we will often hear, especially good singers, if you develop this talent, you'll hear someone who sings the, ki- the core melody and someone will then sing a harmony part. It's different, right? Uh, there are different octaves you can sing on the harmony part. It's like different strings on a guitar or something, right? But you can hear when something's off, right? You may not be good at music. You may not be good at hearing or understanding what you're hearing. Uh, but when someone is off key, you can tell. Right? No matter if they're singing a harmony part or a melody part, uh, if someone strikes a guitar and it's just in the wrong key or if something's off, you can hear it. Right, Living in harmony with one another is learning how to take, like what you said earlier, all the personalities. Imagine all those personalities are notes or strings on a guitar, and it's getting them together that they would make a beautiful sound together. Right, Where one of them's not twang you know, out on the side <laughs> and just wrong, you know, and, 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 but they are... They are communicating together a, a beauty. A harmony is a beauty. It's a rich sound. And so he's using that metaphor of living in harmony with one another. It's a music term, right? Of how we live in such a way where our personalities are not those crazy notes that stick out and just sound wrong, but rather we're brought together to make something beautiful. Yeah, so I also look at harmony. Like I was thinking of the word harmony. Like what What really does this mean? Like what? if I'm thinking harmony, I go right to music. Sure. Right? And I also go right to hippies for some reason. I don't understand hippies. why. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that whole... Walking like the 70s? Yeah, you know, like everybody love each Nobody other. Nobody go to Starbucks thing. and they've got hip peas? <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. Right. Are there... Uh, anyways. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I kind of go to right away. But But when I really think of harmony in a biblical context and and if if i think of harmony in the context of a congregation i think complementary unity okay to glorify god complementary unity means that we are being the best versions of ourselves and that complements the best version of others okay so it's never something that's going to be, well, one, it's never going to be based in selfishness. Sure. That's that's rule number one, right? Right. I mean, Jesus never based anything he did on selfishness. Right. But uh, complementary unity is like, okay, so we're all going in the same direction. We all believe we have the same core beliefs, the same value system. That would be unity. And, yeah. and we are going to complement that purpose to glorify God yeah. with our strengths. Yeah, and that's and that's not that's not far off from from notes or tones or whatever that complement one another to make a more full sound. And so the idea yep. Yep. of living in harmony is not just one good sound, but a full, better, joined, unified sound right. or you know life. Right. So here's what he says. 
May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Now, I wanted to note that this begins with, uh, this is the start of a prayer. Paul's like writing a prayer about them. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Not teach you, not, you know, correct you. Not remind you. Remind you, right? We looked at that on a Sunday, reminding people, but grant you. And so when I see this, not only do I see the emphasis of prayer, um, that in order to be these things, we must seek God, right? That I, I would say that is absolutely true. But that God would grant these things, for me, says, and I'll go back to the harmony note kind of thing, like, I'm probably personally out of tune by nature, right? My broken, right. sinful nature, the way I come into this world, that by nature, I'm probably not going to live in harmony with the people in the church. Again, I might find a guy like you where we have some uh, shared common uh, likes and dislikes, and so it's easy, but I have to recognize that there are people in the room that it's not easy, that I'm not in harmony with. And so Paul begins with this, with a prayer to grant our local church harmony, such harmony with one another, he says. And so, this sounds to me like I need God's help and it is not going to be natural for me. Yeah, it sounds like we don't have it or right. we wouldn't have to be given it, right? right. So, and, and, and also I think that um, along with that, that, that granting thing and, and the reason why, it, look, we're designed, like we're created to worship God. Right. So if we don't do that, we will end up worshiping something. Right. Usually ourselves, right? So... But if we are not, it, you said it earlier when you said, if we are not, um, I, I don't think you said following God. No, you didn't say following God. You said it in a way of, um, if we're not, um, well, you used the term. Basically, you're saying <laughs> that if we aren't chasing after God and, and wanting to uh, be a part of that, then we don't have it. That's basically right. what you're saying, right? So right. we are, re ultimately, we're replacing uh, our selfishness with a love of God. And mm -hmm. that's when we're granted the harmony aspect, or that's when we're granted the, yeah. the attributes that God is trying to grant us. It's not morality, right? Right. There's a difference. It's not, Hey, be nice because nice is better than being mean. Sure. That's all important. That's all good. Right. Be, be kind to each other, be, you know, love each other, that kind of thing. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about specifically the, the, the local body of Christ, right? Right. Yeah, and, and so that's two, this will kind of bring me into my next point, uh, the next kind of thing I want to talk about with us. So one, it's not natural, but you also just said it too. This isn't a just be kind thing. That's a moralism. That's a morality trait. So yes, I want people, everybody listening, Christian, non-Christian, atheist, Buddhist, I don't care. I want them to be kind because life will go easier, right? But we're not being told to live in harmony with everyone, right? We can't possibly, I can't possibly live in harmony with the atheist. We might be in harmony around an issue of something of right. some kind, maybe, right. but I can't live in harmony with an atheist. We, we have different goals, different ends. This is live in harmony with one another. And the one another is specific to the local church, that you are to live this way with your local church, right? So be, if it were be kind, which it's not, but let's say it was, yep. 
it would be commanding us to be kind to our local church people, right? Not be kind as you're driving down the street to the stranger. And this is where we struggle. When we hear love one another, we take that as a moralism. Okay, be loving to strangers. That's not what it is, right? These are commands to live with one another in the local church. The second part is these are attributes of Christ, right? Jesus lives in perfect harmony with the Father and the Spirit, right? That he has lived in perfect harmony in the Trinity, in his community of God, where he exists as one co-equal person in a triune eternal God. That he, when the time came to come to earth and lay down all his glory and become human or live a sinless life or die a substitutionary death for you and me, to be nailed to a cross, that Jesus was so in harmony with God the Father and with the Holy Spirit that he didn't blink, right? So so, so check this out. So actually, I want, everybody that's listening, I want you to do me a favor right now. I want you to think that Jesus is living in harmony with God and the Spirit. Right. So we're all there. And I want you to place yourself just for a brief moment. Obviously, we're not realistic. We're not saying we're Jesus. Any of this, but I want you to think of yourself as Jesus in this in this trifecta here. And then I want you to realize what you're going to do. What's going to happen to you? What's going to what you're going to feel? Talk about the cross. Talking about the cross. Talk about the beating up to it. Yep. I'm even yep. talking about the sacrifice of being tempted by by the devil yep. out in the wilderness after being hungry for 40 days. Yep. I want, we can't even go without a meal. But I want you to I want you to think of yourself as 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 Jesus, and we know how the Jesus story plays out. So you know that that's going to be you. And then I want you to think of what the Spirit is doing and what God is doing, and know that all of those roles are in perfect harmony, equally together. What's the first thought that comes to your mind if you are the one that has to endure what Jesus endured? Hmm. That's good. Yeah, I hot take, right? If I'm trying not to be a pastor, not to be a Christian, not to be, you know, theologically minded. First one is, hey, it seems like my job's harder than your job. <laughs> first of all, it <laughs> seems like my job is way, <laughs> way nice, right? Right, right. <laughs> it, it's, it's painful. Like I think you said it before. It, it's painful to lose a child. But it's way worse to right, be the child right, that gets hung the on the cross, right? right. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm thinking the there's physical. an inequity in the job descriptions here. And that's probably not true, but for sure I would feel that. We would feel that, right? And, yeah. and, and that's the point. So now how are we – so we're thinking now how could we be harmonious with each other? Well, remember what you just thought? The opposite of that. That's right. how we got to be harmonious right. with people. Yeah, that's good. So I think if there's a repentance – necessary for harmony uh it's a seeing and this is true this is true in marriage i think it's probably the easiest place to see it uh i always think whatever i'm supposed to do is supposed is harder than whatever lisa's supposed to do and that's probably not true <laughs> she probably thinks the same thing right and it's a laying down of our version of what is um, what is expected or, or thinking always that we have to do more than the other person again our imitation of christ christ literally died for us the most brutal painful horrible death after laying down his divinity becoming human living this life like you said fasting out in the wilderness for 40 days again something no one listening has done right <laughs> and so you know we, we have our time skipping a meal like you said so let's remember that this is an attribute that we're being prayerfully asking god to grant to us to give us and that we 
have been shown this, modeled this. This is a Christ trait, right? He lives in harmony with God, with the Spirit. And, and so he's not only modeled, but he has lived it on our behalf, right? These are attributes of Christ. We are being asked to imitate, and hopefully, over time, they will be incorporated into who we actually are inside. So, uh, to me, I think that the motto of Jesus, the more I get into uh, the Word of God, the more I realize what a simple life we're supposed to be living. Right. Right? The more I realize the complexity of salvation and and all of the dynamic of, of people and how we all interact with each other and how we all interact, the more I realize how simple life should be. Yeah. Right? And it's so true. It, this is not rocket scientists or rocket science. We right. are not rocket scientists that need to figure this out. It's it's very easy. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Right. Right. We're the ones that make it anything other than easy and light. And send us our natural tendencies to be anything other than what we're discussing right now. Yep. Makes it difficult. Okay. So now, so know that now, now that we know that we are really the ones that are complicating life up. Right. And right. we, we don't just complicate it like intentionally, like, like, uh, with, with, like having beef with each other or, right. or anything like that. We, we complicate it with building massive high rises and, and living in boxes where people take, you know, their public transportation two blocks to their office and, you know, yeah. they're living in this world. That's complication, right? All in pursuit of things that All are not going to get us through this. That's right? exactly right. So anyways, now that we, we know that, you know, the world that we created, and I always put it like this. I put it like, um, uh, God, God created the earth. We create the walls of the, the earth that we live yeah. in, right? So anyways, we have all that. What can, and just your opinion only. So we know now that, okay, we, we have to live in harmony. I get it. We all get it. Okay, now we have to apply that to an, a, a real thing with the congregation that we go to church with. And we know that there's a guy on the room that we don't know or we don't have anything in common with. Or rubs you probably wrong. why we don't know. Yeah, or right. rubs you wrong, which right. is a great point. Uh, and we know all of this stuff now. We know we are on a, we're our own worst enemies. We got it all. We got it all. How can we, in the most simple application do something proactive today to move forward, to be harmonious with each other yeah. for the unity and the glorification of God. So I'm going to say this. Here's something that unlocked. Uh, it changed my ability to respond to things like this. And I, I, let me just, I'll work through it first. And then and I, yep. I don't know, I'm not trying, trying to describe it, but. Like if there's a, you know, if there's a cheat code, if you're a gamer, right? If, you're, if there's an unlock that will make something easier for you, here it is for me. Um, it says, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. That my job is to bring glory to God. I, I told you this in, in preparing for this. 500 years ago, when the, the biggest shift in the church happened, when the Reformation happened, uh, the reason those of us that are Protestant or evangelical are not Roman Catholic, that moment that shifted, right? 
one of the things that was a, a rallying point for the Reformation was uh, the phrase sole deo gloria, for the glory of God alone, right? That our salvation exists for the glory of God alone. We've lost that today. We see our salvation as existing for um, our happiness alone or our future alone, something, but it's centered in you and I, not in glorifying God. This verse, live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when I see that living for God is my focus, not, uh, not living yep. for yep. me, that's when we go back to, we build high rises, we live in these little boxes. It's because we're living to a different end. We're living to achieve success that is defined outside of God, right? Even Christians yep. living for this definition of success. When I see my life as existing to glorify God, I can make less money and glorify God. I can drive, uh, you know, not the best vehicle and glorify God. I can not be the best at a sport or a pastime or a hobby and I can glorify God. I cannot be the best in whatever and do all that, but my life is simpler. Like you said, like my life becomes more about glorifying God. So if when I see the goal, the focus as glorifying God, that big E on the top of the I chart is glorifying God, then I don't have to suck it up and get along with the person who rubs me wrong for some purpose that is supposed to intend to make me happy. It may not make me happy, and that's right. okay. My focus becomes glorifying God. So I would say the key that unlocks it for me are these are attributes that bring glory to God. My job is to bring glory to God. They're reciprocal attributes, though. So if I'm living in harmony with you and you with someone else and someone else with me, it will turn out for the better of me. It's never going to go wrong. It's never going to be better if I went my own way, like that sin that never works out. We always think it's going to be better, but it never is, right? Bringing glory to God, when it becomes our focus, when it becomes our goal, it shapes us into these things that would not naturally be us. God honors that. His Spirit honors that in us and transforms us, but it also turns out for our best. God's best for us always brings glory to Him. Yep. So, Almost to uh, simplify that, I would say that, like how you're saying that, if, if you have four people all together living to glorify God, everything else takes a backseat. Like, there's, should be there's no such solved. thing as beef, right? right? Yeah. Until sin enters in, and we're all going to sin That's and right. be selfish, right. right? For sure. Yep. So if we simplify, we work on being selfless. We commit our lives to, to glorifying God. We be the best versions of who we are in that. Yeah then uh, everything else is a byproduct. Everything yeah. else takes care of itself. There is no beef. There is no right. uh, uh, discrepancy on the color of the pew or the carpet or the right. chair, or there is no personality conflict, right? Yeah. Because if we're truly all selflessly glorifying God, all that goes away. Yeah. So now that is the, that's, that's our goal. That's our goal. Now, physically, uh, we need to tangibly work out disciplines that will help us create yeah. that in our hearts and in our spirits. And uh, it could be as easy as greeting somebody when you're yeah. walking from the parking lot in the church, going and making sure you're intentional, intentional, even though you don't want to. I am a guy who uh, there are days. Today's actually one of them. There are days when I battle darkness. Right. I wake up 
and I it's battle a struggle from the time darkness. you open your eyes. Yep. Yeah. And I, and and I belong in battle. That's what I feel like today. Mm. I belong in battle. I, I and and war's ugly. Nobody yeah. wins in war. Right. But I feel like that's where I belong today. Mm. And from the moment I got up, I I struggled in darkness. Like I just feel especially earlier when I engage in discipline, when I be disciplined and engage in acts that will glorify God like this, I haven't given it a thought this right, whole time. Right. right. Because I'm removed from myself. But in that moment, in, the, in this moment, when I woke up in the morning, I literally, if I can literally see myself with my hands out, pushing back the darkness mm. of where my mind wants to take me. And, and, and basically in that struggle is loneliness. That struggle is sure. I want to be alone. I want to, I want to, I want to just kind of close the world and everybody in it Sick off to myself at that time. And, and maybe it's not as extreme or harsh as that for others, but those are the types of insecurities and struggles that will keep us from saying hello to the guy standing next to the donuts right. when we're walking from the parking lot into church. It's the most simple act that anybody can do. Yeah. And why don't we all just start there? Let me give a tangible. So you can show up on any given Sunday here at Generations Church, and you will find a well-dressed senior citizen, individual or couple or whatever, right? Uh, you will also, on any given Sunday, find someone who is likely tattooed from head to foot, literally head, yeah, yeah. face, tattooed. Yep. You should be able to, and I think our church actually lived this out very lives this out fairly well. Those two people should be able to talk at the donut table or the coffee, yep. you know, dispenser or whatever we call that, right? In the, in the in the hospitality area. And so the practical step is say hello to somebody who doesn't look like you, right? Uh, just one, just a quickness, you know, just a, just an easy thing. Start living in harmony with you. You don't know if you're out of tune till there's some noise, right? And so, you know, take a practical step of laying down, maybe it's darkness, maybe it's shyness, maybe it's whatever, but say somebody, say hello to somebody, greet somebody, ask them their name and commit to like remembering their name. I'm, I'm working on that as a, as a, a gift of remembering people's names, right? <laughs> oh, um, so but actually remember that. their name and see them again in a week. Yep. And so take those steps in order to live in harmony with such an, and I'll, and I'll close it off with this. This passage ends with, therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So again, remember that your job is to glorify God, right? Welcome one another. So the other side of living in harmony, the simple step is welcome one another. Remembering Jesus welcomed you into the family of God. You were brought in not because you were such a great benefit add to the family, <laughs> but you were welcomed in because of grace. And so by that same grace, imitate Christ in order to glorify God by welcoming someone else. Whether you're the newbie or you're the one been around forever, welcome someone else. Practical step, super easy. Do it prayerfully, asking God to grant us harmony. If you're a part of Generations Church, pray that God would grant us that we would be able to live in harmony with one another. Yeah, so... Uh on that note, we're going to wrap up here, but, um, I will say one last thing I want to say, just, uh, just as people are challenging themselves, how to do this tangibly, um, right. I would say 
be honest with yourself and make a quick list of the five things that you don't like to do the most at church. Hmm. The five things you don't, not, not at home, specifically at church, list the five things. One of them might be talk to some people you don't know. I bet that's going to be on a lot of lists actually, but make the, a list of the five things that you don't like to do personally at church. And, and through the next month, work through your list prayerfully prayerfully and then try something yeah what you'll be surprised is you'll be surprised that at the end of this list you will be doing things that you never dreamed of and living in harmony with one another (laughs) there you go get it so guys we'll catch you uh next week i hope you guys enjoyed this first episode and i'm sure that it will all kind of tighten up and and uh clean up and and be a lot more fun as we get rolling through here right all right guys until next week thanks for listening